the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And I hope that your Sunday is going well. And I'm really praying that this leads you to a great week. You know, because relationships can be kind of problematic. And this is obviously a relationship show. And so I love doing it because I love helping people have the relationships that they deserve, that they need, and that really bring them joy and cause them to have so much more resiliency because, you know, this world is, it's tough down here. So we are talking about intimacy, and that's intimacy with all different kinds of people, whether that be yourself, with God, with your friends, with your family, with your children, with extended family. And so I'm going to give you kind of the key to relating well with all of them, and that is acceptance. And I know you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to really dial it down into accepting people that you have chosen to have in your life. And I want to read you in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. I know you've heard this verse so many times. It says, I speak in the tongue of men or of angels, but do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy... And can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains but do not love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love 
does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So I want to ask you, why do you struggle to love yourself and accept yourself the way you do for others? Or is your lack of self-love and acceptance causing you to judge others, to withhold love and acceptance? Or does it cause you to have unrealistic expectations? See, I want you to think about this. Your inside world is often revealed in your outside world. So many times when I'm interacting with someone, especially someone I just met, I get an idea of what's going on inside of them by the way they are operating outside of them. And so this is that Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40. And it says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, interestingly enough, we kind of overlook the fact that he says yourself. See, God commands us to love ourselves as we love our neighbors. So would your neighbor like to be loved by you in the way you love yourself? Most likely not, because many of us, most of us, oftentimes are very hard on ourselves. So I want you to think about this idea of acceptance and that God accepts all of us exactly how we are. He accepts the world exactly the way that it is. It doesn't mean he agrees with it or approves of it. So that's what I want you to think about. There's something very powerful when we are willing to accept the person, ourself, the situation, the country, whatever it may be. Because what does acceptance do? It gives us the ability to tolerate and to actually maybe change if change is possible. So acceptance doesn't mean I agree with it. It doesn't mean I approve of it. Accepting something is the thing that will allow me to actually change it if change is possible. And so I change what I can and I accept what I can't change. I have to ask myself, why do I want to change this? And what am I willing to do to change this? What am I willing to accept? So think about this. What are you willing to accept from family members, from extended family, from coworkers? How about from your best friend or your partner or your lover? How about your children or others' children's, right? other people's children? How about your neighbors? Or how about your pets? What are you willing to tolerate with your pets? What do you accept about your pets? So why do we struggle with acceptance? Well, some things simply are not acceptable, and that is true. So do I accept the unacceptable? Well, what person am I willing to accept unacceptable things from? And this goes back to levels of intimacy. So I may be more able and more accepting if I change the level of intimacy. For example, what about my high school friends? 
right? How about the ones that never really left high school? How about the coworker that I'm with every day? How about family? See, if I'm willing to maybe say, you know, maybe we can't be as close as I would like to be. Because if I put a little distance, I like them better. That's called boundaries. I put a little buffer between us. I can tolerate them better. Because if I want to be really close with that person, they're going to have to change a lot. And this is where we we recognize that God is in the transformation business with us. He's knowing that he has got to change us if he wants to be close to us. And so this is why he sent his son that made it possible for God to not just wipe us all out like he did with the flood. This gives him tolerance. So he tolerates so many things on this planet because he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. So how much more accepting are you of a high school friend or a coworker or your family members? Well, what do you, what you want to think about is why am I wanting them to change? Maybe it decreases some pain in my life. Maybe I'm not wanting to do the hard work that I need to do to love the unlovable. See, what would it be like if God did not accept, if he did not accept the world on the world's terms? Well, he, he wouldn't be available to us. I guess he would go start another planet. I don't know, another universe. So ask yourself, what should I not accept? Well, this is what I want you to think about. That's kind of the wrong question. What I want you to do is accept everything initially and then determine if it needs to be changed and if it can be changed. And if it can't, then maybe it's unacceptable. So I don't want you to immediately say no before you say yes. Whatever life is bringing you, I want you to say, okay, and if you want to change it and it's possible, change it. If it's not possible to change, then you don't have to be in relationship with it. So ask yourself, what should I not accept? Well, you've heard me say the illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous. So many times. That's what I want you to think about. See, I recognize that things change. I recognize that I change. I'm aging. And I have more tolerance, or maybe I have less tolerance than I used to. Maybe the more educated I am, the more tolerance I have. Or maybe the more educated I am, the less tolerance I have. Am I becoming a more humble person? See, the more time I have has everything to do with how much I'm going to accept something, how much time I might put into it. And when determining what may need to change, let's really go back to this idea of practicing tolerance. Change takes time. And the upside to tolerance is that if it cannot be changed, I've learned to love with something I cannot change. This is what God loves us with. He loves us, and we are not willing to change so often. So again, tolerance does not necessarily mean approval. But if I am practicing tolerance and acceptance... My heart is going to be far more open to forgiveness. So let's think about this idea of tolerance. And we don't want to tolerate things just because we're lazy. We don't want to tolerate things because we don't want to put any effort into it. We want to tolerate something so that we can be there to support the change that needs to happen.
So I'm tolerating things in my life that maybe I don't really approve of or I don't really like. But I can tolerate it because I'm working on it. So it's not just this open-ended tolerance that just says, hey, whatever you need to do, do. Whatever you want to do, do, because I'll tolerate anything you do. That's not what we're saying. So we want to have this idea of acceptance. Because when we are accepting and tolerating, this allows time to do its job. And remember, humans need time. And acceptance allows us to relax, which gives us the energy and the courage to change. Acceptance removes the fear and the pressure of having to get your act together immediately today or you're going to be abandoned, right? Or fired or nobody's going to love you or whatever, the, however you fill that in. So acceptance is also the antidote for perfectionism. Because when we accept that we are being the best version we can possibly be in this particular moment, I can still be proud of myself knowing I'm very far from being perfect. So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of acceptance and tolerance. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me and also for all your presence on social media. I have such great assistants that work so hard with really disseminating all of this information. And so I really love Michelle, Christina, Amy. I mean, these women are really awesome. And so I want you to take advantage of it because it can be very just supportive as you go through your week. So as we are talking about this idea of relationships, intimacy. I'm, I'm giving you an overarching concept that applies to every type of relationship that you have. And this is the idea of acceptance. Acceptance does not mean agreement or approval. Acceptance is necessary in order for people to change. Acceptance is necessary if there's something I actually can't change. And so this is why we want to think about, hey, if I'm practicing acceptance with myself, how well do I do it with my family? How well do I do it with my neighbors? How about my employees, my children, my partner, my husband, my wife, my neighbors, my pets? And why do I struggle to accept? Well, we all have a list of things that are not acceptable. And some of us have a longer list than others. So I want you to think about this. Acceptance allows me the time for tolerance. And tolerance is imperative if you want to have intimacy. Think of how much God tolerates. The only time he stopped tolerating was the flood. <laughs> you know, and he killed the whole entire planet except for, you know, a handful of people. He wasn't going to tolerate it any longer. So this is why we, we recognize that tolerance helps us with acceptance and gives us time to see if things may change. So what are the reasons? Well, if I change me, 
maybe it gives a good example for another to be changed. And if I'm willing to change, I'm going to decrease pain in my life and hopefully pain in, in the lives of others. Maybe I will be an easier person to be with. Maybe I'll be somebody that's less complicated than other people they have in their lives. How about some of the reason that we're wanting to accept is because we do need someone else to change. We need someone to do some changing in order for us to have the level of intimacy that we would like. What would be another reason maybe that we wouldn't want to change? Well, it's hard work. It's hard work to learn to love someone differently. It's hard work to have patience while you're hoping, praying, that someone is able to change. So what would it be like if, if God was not accepting? If he didn't accept the world on the world's terms, which he does, no matter how difficult and painful and ugly it is down here. And we've got big problems going on in our, in our world this, these days. And so we want to think about, wow, if God was not willing to accept, then nothing would change. And it would become more, more like it is. And that would be worse. And so when I think about what should I not accept, I want you to ask yourself, really, that's kind of the wrong question. I want you to accept pretty much everything until you get more information. I don't want you to judge it initially, unless, of course, we have the famous illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous. I don't want you to automatically accept those. But I do want you to be open to finding out why those are occurring why is something becoming dangerous? What is that? Why is this person doing something illegal? Why are they encouraging me to do something illegal? So ultimately, I'm going to recognize that things do change. Like me, I age. So maybe I have to have more tolerance or, or less tolerance. Maybe I need more education. Maybe I need to be more humble. Maybe the more time I have has everything to do with how much I will accept and how much time I may put into it. So when I'm determining what may need to change, I use this issue of tolerance. The upside to tolerance is that if it can't be changed, I've learned to love something that can't change. That doesn't mean, again, that I have intimacy with everything that I love. So tolerance does not necessarily mean approval. Or this idea of tacit acceptance. So when we think about the real use of acceptance, acceptance allows us time to do its job. See, this lets time do what it's supposed to do. Acceptance also allows us to relax and to let time do what it's supposed to do. So we have more energy and more courage to change. An acceptance of the, of the initial, you know, atmosphere also removes a lot of fear and pressure. And acceptance is always the antidote for perfectionism. So this is what I want you to think about. Acceptance does not include illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous behaviors. For example, the couple that wishes to enhance their sex life and includes another person. Okay, th no. This may be m uh, this great physical experience or something. But you're not going to be able to come back from it. See, this opens the doors to all kinds of things like comparisons, competitions, and security. 
disease, coercion, loss of privacy, safety, shame, regret, difficulty with boundaries. And so that one thing that we think that we can make happen, we want to say to ourselves, am I going to accept what comes with that behavior? Because I, none of us, we, we need to not be naive about what comes with certain behaviors, good or bad. So most likely, the people that you enjoy being around the most feel the safest. And those are the people that are also probably accepting themselves. So these people have appropriate expectations of themselves and of others. And these individuals generally have high self-acceptance, high self-esteem, and so they have more energy, more endurance, more patience, more fun, more peace, more success, more successful relationships, more creativity, more generosity, and better health. These are the people that are the game changers. These are the people we admire, that we trust, that we want to emulate. When you think about them, you get positive feelings. See, these people feel safe, trustworthy, and fun. These people also have hardships. They've been hurt. They've been stolen from. They've been harmed. They've been tricked, rejected, as well as have physical issues, difficult relationships, inner struggles. They've made mistakes and maybe some really big ones. But these people rebound. They start over. They don't carry and harbor resentments. They're flexible. And they're able to find good anywhere and everywhere. And they take care of themselves and the ones they love. They're responsible and true to their word. See, self-acceptance and commitment to self supports character, virtue, and faith. That's why you probably heard the saying, acceptance, the key to all my problems, right? So acceptance, again, does not mean agreement. Acceptance means I open the door to tolerance, to see if I can accept or agree. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the path to unconditional self-acceptance. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope that, that this is going to be encouraging for you in your week and the week to come, that you really begin to understand the great love that God has for you so that you are better able to love you as he does and love others as he does. And so when we're talking about this idea of intimacy, whether it be with our kids our friends, our spouses, our partners, our extended family. You know, this idea of acceptance is key. See, if I accept everything as it is, I'm going to be much better able to change it if there's a possibility for change. Acceptance also helps me not get hurt more. Acceptance also helps me not buy into something and be naive and assume that it would change. Acceptance means eyes wide open. So how do you fully accept yourself? Because this is where it starts. 
And there's a difference between self-esteem and self-acceptance. Now, they're related, but usually we're trying to get self-esteem so that we accept ourselves. When what I want you to think about is self-acceptance increases self-esteem immediately. Because acceptance doesn't mean agreement. It doesn't mean I'm making an excuse or I'm agreeing with something so that I just feel better. Acceptance means I accept who I am 100%. I also know I have the ability to change. And if I can accept me for who I am, I will have more energy, more courage to change. So self-esteem refers really more specifically to how worthwhile you see yourself or how much you accept yourself in terms of how your level of value. So it's kind of one of these things when we're self-accepting, we're able to embrace all facets of ourselves versus, you know, the idea of self-esteem means I need to add things to myself in order to be someone of high esteem. So when we have good self-acceptance, we're unconditional. And we can really recognize our own weaknesses and limitations and foibles. And this awareness doesn't interfere with our ability to fully accept ourselves. It actually gives me the energy and the strength and the confidence to fully embrace who I am. You know, this is me. And apparently... There's a lot of other people that are okay with me. God is okay with me. I need to be okay with me. So I regularly tell my therapy clients that if they genuinely want to improve their self-esteem, they need to explore what parts of themselves they're not really ready or able to accept yet. Because ultimately liking ourselves more or getting on better terms with ourselves has mostly to do with self-acceptance. And it's only when we stop judging ourselves that we can actually secure a more positive sense of who we are. Which is why I believe self-esteem rises naturally as soon as we cease being so hard on ourselves. I mean, if it worked, I would tell everybody to be hard on themselves. If it worked to shame people, if they came to my office, I'd bring out this whole entire file on them and I'd read all the things that they've done and how terrible they are. If that worked, that's what God would be doing. So, It's precisely because of the self-acceptance that this goes farther than self-esteem. See, it's crucial to our happiness and state of well-being. So when I say I accept something about myself that I don't like, it doesn't mean I accept it as a way to integrate it. It doesn't mean I'm going to go, well, that's just me, so I guess I'm just going to live with it. It's not that kind of acceptance. It's the acceptance of, hey, you're allowed to change, and you can. And if you can't change it, then I can accept it. How about the person that's blind? What, do we just keep pretending that they can see? That's absurd. So these are the things we accept what we can't change, right? And we change the things that we can. So what determines our self-acceptance or lack of What causes us to struggle so much with self-acceptance? Because it's crucial to our happiness. It's crucial to our, our ability to be who God has created us to be fully and completely. We get in our own way so often 
I mean, I know you do because I do. <clears throat> this is not something that is unusual for humans to do. We can be our own worst enemy. We can be this person, this voice in our head that keeps telling us all the things that we have not done, should have done, could have done. If we would only do it, then maybe we would be worthy of love and acceptance. So let's talk more about what determines our self-acceptance in the first place. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about self-esteem. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, I want to make sure that you take advantage of all the different things my assistants have created for you. We have all kinds of handouts. We have study guides. Um, we have also the, the podcast that we have. And I've also done some Instagram lives. And so those are kind of fun as well. And then, of course, we have the radio show. So make sure that you take advantage of all of these things. I, I really appreciate your feedback and just enjoying these things and, and really being a part of this community. So we're talking about this idea of self-esteem. And we have come to find that the best way to support self-esteem and the feelings of esteem is with self-acceptance. So what determines our self-acceptance? What does determine that in the first place? Well, Self-esteem, what I want you to think about is as children, we're able to accept ourselves pretty much only to the degree that we feel accepted by our parents. And so research has kind of demonstrated that before the age of eight, we lack the ability to formulate a clear, separate sense of self. That is, other than that which has been transmitted to us by our caretakers, it means that we really don't or aren't able to differentiate ourselves from our parents or our siblings. So if our parents are unable or unwilling to communicate this message that we're totally okay and acceptable and lovable and all these types of things, then we're going to have struggles. See, if they think that we're hard to control or that we're, we're um, ambivalent, that we don't really care, if they're thinking that we are constantly attempting to make our parents look bad, then they are going to have a difficult time giving us the esteem, and the support that we need. So positive regard that we receive from parents is really, really important. And it may have depended totally on how we acted. And unfortunately, we learned that many of our behaviors weren't acceptable. So when we identify ourselves with these objectionable behaviors, we evident, you know, inevitably, inevitably, sorry, that's a hard word, we come to see ourselves in many ways as inadequate. And so we have a hard time differentiating from our parents being upset with their own behaviors or not feeling confident about themselves and feeling like they're feeling it about us. And so the book Happiness Now by Robert Holden, I, I like this book, and it says happiness and self-acceptance go hand in hand. So your level of self-acceptance determines your level of happiness. The more self-acceptance you have, the more happiness you allow yourself to accept, receive, and enjoy. So in other words, you enjoy as much happiness as you believe you're worthy of. That's important. That's really important to think about. 
that that you enjoy as much happiness as you believe you're worthy of. And this is why the acceptance piece is so important, that we accept ourselves completely. It doesn't mean I accept all the behaviors that I do. But we've talked a lot on this show about, you know, what, when we have to um, kill, like, prisoners or, you know, we have someone that's, like, in in jail and they're going to have the death penalty because they did something horrible and murdered a child and whatever, how badly, you know, how bad they could have acted. Anyways, we, when we have to execute them, we still do it as as humanely as possible which is why we usually use needles. We don't like hang them anymore because that would be so brutal. And that's not really loving humans, even if their behaviors are very unlovable. So I want you to think about this idea that when you're adopting a more loving stance towards yourself, the key prerequisite for this is self-acceptance. Because that self-acceptance is going to flow out of you into your other relationships. And you know what? The more you accept you, they are automatically going to feel accepted. And when they start accepting themselves, then what happens in that relationship is a stronger, firmer, healthier, more transparent, and truthful relationship. And so this is why we have to realize that pretty much until now, we feel like we have to demonstrate our worth to others. And this is really putting a lot of pressure on kids, on us as well. It doesn't matter how old we are. We can be in our 80s and feel like we need to prove to people that we are a value. So this is why we want to think about this idea that the more self-accepting I become, we must start telling ourselves repeatedly and hopefully that given all of our negatively biased self-referencing beliefs, we have to believe we've done the best we possibly could. And I can't tell you how many times a day I say this to clients. And I say it to myself. And I say to them, you know, if you could have done better, why didn't you? It doesn't make any sense. So apparently, we're doing the best that we can. And if the best isn't good enough for us, then maybe we need to offer some self-forgiveness so that we can be our own cheerleader, so that we can come alongside ourselves, care about ourselves. And if you've been listening to the show over the years, you know I've done one on the me, myself, and I, and how do I talk to me about myself. And this is where we find that sometimes we are our own worst enemy, that I'm an en- I have an enemy with me everywhere I go. I have a critic that's watching everything I do and giving me a, a, their opinion of it. And I need to recognize that I am a mistake-making human, but I am of great value. And if I carry all that exaggerated guilt and shame, then I'm going to be the one that gets in the way of my own healing. I have to accept myself and become an agent of my own healing. And that comes from bringing compassion and understanding to each aspect of self-rejection or denial. And so when I do this, I begin to dissolve those exaggerated feelings of guilt and shame that are based on standards that simply maybe didn't mirror 
what was realistic or expected of me at that time. And I'm offering then love and forgiveness of myself. And I'm believing the best about myself. And so this is important when we are really thinking about self-accepting. This necessitates that we begin to appreciate that ultimately we're not really to blame for everything or anything, whether it's our looks, our intelligence, maybe we've had questionable behaviors, that that our actions have been compelled by some combination of background and biology. Now, that does not mean I'm negating free will. Not at all. What I'm saying is that the human body is loaded with a whole bunch of reactions and responses that it has learned since you were born. And this is where we need to have the mind of Christ that we really understand how to overcome what just feels so compelling. And this is a learning process that requires great love and great acceptance. And so when we are productively working on being more self-accepting, the only way for self-acceptance to actually flourish inside your heart, your mind, is if we have compassion and forgiveness in our hearts. And we need to realize that given our internal programming up to this point, we, ca- we hardly could have behaved any differently. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not giving you a free pass. You know what's right and wrong. What I'm wanting you to understand is that when God tells us that love covers a multitude of sins, it's because he knows his humans. And if the big stick worked, he'd be doing it. But it didn't. What worked was love. Dying for us because his love was so great for us. That's what changes people. And so we have to realize that giving the internal programming that we have been experiencing growing up from our parents and our parents from their parents and so on and so on, all the way back to Adam and Eve, this is pretty loaded in our DNA. But we can overcome it. And it is our need, our edict to do. So we certainly can, you know, take ourselves off the hook and gradually evolve to a state of unconditional self-acceptance. It's crucial that we adopt an attitude of self-forgiveness. And remember, we don't have to forgive something unless it's wrong. So we all need forgiveness because we are all wrong in many ways. So when we are willing to do this, this is, this is the willingness to, to have great love for the one that God loves. And that's you. God loved you so much, he died just so that he could be with you. I will never comprehend this. I will never comprehend that somebody goes to that great of lengths to be with me. It's it's mind-blowing. I accept it. I really don't understand it. And sometimes it's even hard to believe it. But one of the ways that helps me take in God's love for me and then give it freely to other people is merely acceptance. I accept the fact that I need it. 
I accept the fact that I'm a mistake-making person and I'm going to probably die a mistake-making person. I do know that I can continue to get better. And one of the ways I do that is through self-acceptance. Because self-acceptance allows me to love the unlovable. So when I accept me, I am better able to be loving toward me. And we know that love changes. Love changes people. Love is the thing that changes everything. And so I want you to consider this idea of practicing great tolerance as you are working on change. And I want you to be very kind to yourself and very accepting. And I'm not saying that you accept these things that you know are wrong just for the sake of acceptance. I want you to accept you, that if you could be doing better, why wouldn't you be? It doesn't make any sense. So even if what you're doing is not good enough for you, I want you to understand that it's good enough for God. He knows your heart. He knows your stress. He knows your struggles. He knows your DNA. He knows your history. And he is far more proud of you than you ever could be. So I want you to practice tolerance and self-acceptance. Just, you just do an experiment with it and see if it gives you more energy. See if it gives you more ability to overcome and to say no to things that you should say no to and to be accepting of things that you should be accepting of and be able to be forgiving when you don't want to be. Because self-acceptance and tolerance are just beautiful, beautiful antidotes for self-hatred, fear, rejection, and absolute weariness. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. Take advantage of all that we have for you on social media and make sure that you really, truly practice self-acceptance. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.